The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, TicketSmarter.com, Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our real estate agent in the state of Florida. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome in, Buck fans. No quarter given podcast, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. We are joining you after now a three-game losing streak as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fall to the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night football, 24-18. to I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa, along with Peter Blake. Welcome in, Mr. Blake. What's going on, buddy? Missed you last week. Uh, no Bucks talk, so we get a chance to talk about the Bucks. And uh, once again, uh, same old story, different team. Same old story with this team. Yeah, the Bucks. Bucks fall to three and four. A um, a hard, a, 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 a tough loss. Which at the end, at the gun, the Bucks are about one split second away from Chris Godwin turning around a split second earlier and catching a hail mary. And sending the Bucks to the winner's circle. Yeah, and I feel like if you watch the replay, all he has to do is turn around. But also, you see that Cade Otten is getting mugged by two other right. players. It looks like Mike Evans is <laughs> causing some – he's either pushing people down, trying to get position. I don't know how the refs don't call it. I understand you usually don't do it. But if it's egregious, Leo Ward, which it certainly looked like it was with Cade Otten. Right. Don't the Bucks have an untimed down – at the end of it, I, I don't understand it, and you're exactly right. One split second, the ball is not touched by anybody. If Chris Goblin looks up, it's right there. We're talking about something completely different with the Pucks uh, getting a, a major victory on Thursday Night Football with a Hail Mary pass. So one play there, one play here, and it would be a different story. But it's well, we're gonna, we're, Buck fans, we're going we're gonna to recap the Buffalo game a little bit. We're going to hear from Paul Stewart, going to give a little Texas, Houston-Texas montage. Remember, Buck fans, Paul Stewart, he will be in the building next Sunday for the Tennessee game. Not this, not in, for the Tennessee next home game. He will be in in the building coming all the way from England for a week of frivolity and uh, debauchery or whatever we want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever English term we want to incorporate into his visit to, to, to the Tampa Bay area. So I think we're going to get to catch up hopefully with Paul next week. Are we taking little... him down to Tampa? Do we need a chaperone? Are you the one that's driving that weekend or that week? Well, you're the yeah, you're the one that's gonna have to go up and down Dale Mabry uh, at the establishments, take him up on the spaceship, take him up on the spaceship right there across from. uh... (laughs) Uh, That's funny. funny. (laughs) We all know you're the guy that's the the chaperone there, so you're the one that's causing all this. You're you're always talking about it. I know how to get there. I just don't ever go in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. What, yeah, yeah. It sounds like something familiar I've heard before. I don't know where that's from. <laughs> what, what was uh, that? But in all, in all seriousness, Paul will be here. We're going to have a good time. Hopefully get to see Paul next 
next week uh, for a little uh, little bite to eat and with, along with T.J. Reeves, Paul Paul Stewart, myself, Peter Blake. Peter will uh, eat the restaurant out of chicken wings, I'm sure, wherever we decide to go. And uh... <laughs> I mean, anytime I do a remote, it's got to be not only paying me money to do this, but free food. Because mostly, and I just got done going to remote the other night at a Buffalo Bills bar here in Newport Ritchie. I paid more for food. I paid half of the cost there that they gave me for food. It was not just me. It was like my mom and my sister. So I'm like, okay, next time you ask for money, you're getting paid for something. Make sure you also ask for food because get a free meal. At least got to get a free meal out of them. Come on. on. Like, come on. I'm doing all this work there. I'm going out there. I'm getting, you know, over overshadowed uh, by Buffalo Bill fans. Uh, they're playing their own PA system. I can barely hear myself. And then I'm trying to do a post game show. And they turn on the jukebox. I'm like, turn off the freaking music. I'm trying to talk Bucks football. And, of course, I remember it's a, it's a Bills bar. So, of right. course, they don't want me to hear. <laughs> well, all right. Well, well, let's get to the game. Peter Blake, uh, co-host of the J.P. Peterson Show, as well as host of the Sports Web. We'll let him promote that, that a little bit later as we wrap it up. But um, what just your thoughts on the Buffalo game? Just if you're, if you're being objective about it, Buffalo was the better team for most of the game. Uh, Bucks hung in there. They got down ten nothing. They came back and scored ten quick points. Uh, you had a, a beautiful uh, blitz by Antoine Winfield, set up the deflection, which William Golston reeled in the interception. So nice job there. The Bucks punch it in the end zone. Uh, just your thoughts of the of, of the Buffalo game. I mean, uh, to me, lethargic uh, urgency wasn't there until the fourth quarter. We've seen this with good teams before, shooting themselves in the foot. You have injuries before the game, which really set the tone. Defense is not able to get off the field. Offense Three snap to... penalties. Oh, just It's just a killer, and it's so frustrating to watch if you're a Bucks fan out there, and you hope that they can get it fixed, and they continue to say in the pressers, we're going to fix it, we're getting there, we're getting there. When are you going to get there? When is it going to get cleaned up? So, you know, my thoughts are some missed opportunities there, and I wish the offense and the defense, uh, there was more urgency to both units. Yeah, I mean the, the the biggest sign of that was late in the game they were down they were down 13 14 whatever the number was. Yeah. On the last drive they go 17 plays about 90 yards which is great, but it takes them six and a half minutes to do it and they're they're really running no hurry up offense, they're huddling up every play. That's the one thing I, that's kind of frustrated me is we've heard Dave Canales and Todd Bowles talking about wanting to play it at a, at a quicker tempo on offense all year, going back to the preseason, and we've not seen any of it other than other than the obvious two-minute drills at the end of the halves. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when this run game is going to turn around. Uh, they had a bad night when it comes to pass protection, whether you know Tristan Wirfs definitely was banged up in the game with some type of quad injury and – and no pressure on Josh Allen. No lack of pressure. Obviously, Vita Vea doesn't play in the game with the foot injury that he that he'd suffered uh, two weeks before um, with the short week. So uh, you know, yeah, but not much out of Shaq Barrett. Not much out of Shoyinka. Uh, they didn't blitz Josh Allen a whole lot because again, you got to be careful. Because but Gabe Davis was a big factor in the game. You know, they they kept Stephon Diggs in check for the most part, but Gabe Davis and Kincaid became factors in that game. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And when you see Josh Allen get out of the pocket, you expect yep. White to come out there and meet him, and he's 
I don't know what he's doing. I, I think and I don't know if that's – we. Can't, I, I, I'm not going to blame him because I don't know what the defense – who knows what the defensive calls were, whether he's a spy or not, but you're right. The couple times that they, you know, just terrible job containing Josh Allen and, and, and when Allen gets out of the pocket, he can gash you with his legs and even as much so with his arm on the, you know, these scramble plays. But uh, two or three bad, bad jobs by the Buccaneers in, in containing Josh Allen. Again, whether it was a spy by, you know, whoever was responsible for that, we don't know, depending on the defense, but not a great job by the Buccaneer defense there containing Josh Allen's running ability. And Ryan Neal, uh, look like another coverage bust. Again, we don't know the defense, but it certainly looks like it was once again him. I mean, it's the usual suspects. It's, it's Devin White. It's Ryan Neal. Uh, you're not getting the pursuit from White. You have blown coverages by Neal. It's been highly disappointing, and I'm just wondering if this continues. Is this coaching staff going to make the necessary changes for this team to go on and win, or are we going to have a case where you know you're three and five, three and six, and now you're looking to next year's draft? I don't want to be like that. I hope this right. is not like that. So it starts in Houston on Sunday. You got to get a win. And, and the beautiful thing is, say what you want, what we think of the Buccaneers through seven weeks. And again, they've had their moments of really good play and had some not very good play. They're tied in the loss column with New Orleans and Atlanta. All three all three teams have four losses. Uh, the Buccaneers already had the bye, so they only have three wins. But Atlanta loses at Tennessee to a rookie quarterback. New Orleans goes up to Indianapolis and wins. Carolina wins their first game of the year. So, But we're tied in the loss column for first place, basically. We're half game out of first. You've already beaten New Orleans in your in, in their building. Obviously, we lost to Atlanta, but you've still got two top two games with Carolina, a very winnable game here with, with Houston. You got Indianapolis here in a little bit. You got Tennessee next week. So there are some winnable games on this schedule in the next four or five weeks. So that's why this mini buy of you got you had a long weekend and you heard Todd Bowles in his early week comments this week. He kind of called out the defensive secondary a little bit that they need to play better. And, and and whether it's schematics, whether it's communication, or just physically playing better, he, he I, I'll give him credit. He kind of in subtle in a subtle way called him out a little bit. He should have, and uh, of course you know he's disappointed because uh, he's former defensive coordinator. That's his side of the ball. Yep, he specializes in it, and he knows his defense isn't doing the job. They're not doing enough to get after the passer, and on top of it, they're the worst defense when it comes down the third down conversion because they can't get off the field. That is not a Todd Bowles defense, and that will not work, and that's been the reason why you're looking at three and four. Not only the offense struggling with scoring points, but also your defense, once again, not able to get off the field when they need let's, to. Let's go to the offensive side. The inability to get Mike Evans touches, whether it's play calls, whether it's Baker Mayfield not being able to pull the trigger, inaccuracy. What are you seeing out of uh, the offense with with the lack of the ability to get Mike Evans touches? Chris Godwin was a huge, you know, he he caught the majority of the balls in the game. We didn't see Mike Evans much until the last five, six minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean, is that scheme? Is that Baker missing him? Is it not having enough time in the pocket, which he was under pressure all night long from the Buffalo Bills defense? I mean, there's a combination of things, but it has to be so frustrating when you don't see Mike Evans show up until, you know, the the uh, the, uh, the long drive at the end. Later parts of the fourth quarter. I mean, how does it – how do you forget about Mike Evans? Mike Evans is your playmaker. I get it. You got Chris Godwin and Trey Palmer and Kate Otten. That's all well and good and Rashard White. But Mike Evans is the guy. you got to get him involved. And that not only goes back to Baker Mayfield, but it also goes back to offensive game planning. You've got to scheme those guys open. And the Bucs have not done a good job. They didn't do a good job the other night. 
and we didn't see any more deep balls again either. We, we still haven't seen the, you know, the defenses are squeezing down on these intermediate crossing, all these intermediate routes. Haven't seen any uh, since the, what was it, the Detroit game when, when Baker missed Trey Palmer. Haven't seen a deep ball in basically two weeks. And that can't all be coverage. That's got to be play call. That's got to be Baker. You almost feel like Baker starting to play jittery and afraid to make a mistake instead of letting it loose. If you throw an interception, you throw an interception, but you got to let it loose. And you and I have talked a little bit off camera. To me, part of the problem is Baker, some of the physical limitations with Baker. He's only six feet tall. Is he seeing the field like he should be seeing it? Whereas taller quarterback, i.e. Kyle Trask, easier to see over these linemen, easier to see through the passing lanes. I think that's part of the problem too. And we know he can do it because he did it a couple of weeks ago against the Falcons, 40-yard beautiful pass to Mike Evans uh, to start off the game, which was encouraging. You like to see more of that. And you're exactly right. Is it the limitations? Is it the fact that he's under pressure? Is he seeing ghosts? I don't know what it is. And fans keep on asking me, you know, what, what can you do? What do you think uh, the solution to the problem is? I don't know the question because there are so many questions with this right. now, whether it's offensive line, picking up stupid penalties still. What, what are we in week nine now? Still picking up, you know, procedural penalties. Uh, you have- every t- every time we have a good run, it gets called back by a hold. I mean, the, Rashad White had a two, one nice 20, 25-yard run. It, it gets but, called back for a hold. I mean, it's, it's, it's so frustrating to watch. And then lack of running game, uh, lack of urgency. Lack of good quarterback play, holding the ball way too long, and then defensively not making tackles. Uh, it, this is stuff that we saw last year, and you thought it would get corrected. And I'm not jumping off the boat here. I'm just saying you're 3-1. and one. You had the opportunity to beat the Atlanta Falcons. You didn't. In, in some cases, you had the opportunity to beat the Detroit Lions if you complete some of those deep passes. Right, right. So, I mean, and, and then Buffalo. Uh, you know, basically Buffalo dominated that game, but you were still in it. If you come out and have some urgency, maybe you give yourself some more time, but why does it take so long? And that is on coaching. That is on Todd Bowles. That is on Dave Canales. Now we talked about it, Jason, in the off season that there would be some bumps in the road, but eventually you're going to have to work some of these kinks out. And it starts with Dave Canales and this offense doing what they need to do. The marriage, the perfect marriage of this team has to be offense and defense have to come together. Offense has to sustain drives. Defense has to be able to get off the field. Maybe the defense is not able to get off the field because the offense is not sustaining drives. I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're always talking about running game and passing game. We need to talk about offense and defensive units. They need to work together. It works in all combination, and it's not working right now. It's off the rails. I would like to see the Buccaneers use the pass a little more on first down to set up the run. You know, it's clear that we're not going to be a great running team. I know we want to keep banging it in there and all this and all that. And, you you know, the mentality, the physicality, you want to see that. But I want to see, you know, use short passing, the short passing game as a run, as an extension of the run. Screens, reverses, you know, sweet, you know, uh, wide receiver sweeps. You know, in the preseason, remember, we saw the uh, – Kate Otten with a with a with a tight end sweep on, on a play in the preseason that gained eight or ten yards. Those kind of creative plays that are really pass plays, but they're in, in reality they're part of your running game. It's more of that to set up the true between the tackles running games. Yeah, and like you said, screens. You had some big plays in this game. I mean, Rash- uh, Rashad White definitely showed some flashes of brilliance in the first half, and then in the second half, not much of anything. Um, you know, does this? 
coaching staff have problems with adjusting at halftime, making those necessary adjustments. They got to do that. They've got to, you're exactly right. If you're not running the ball on first down, and listen, this is what it comes down to, right? So if you're not running the ball on first down, you're only getting like two yards. So let's say you're getting one yard and it sets up second and nine. Then basically, if you try to run the ball again, then it's a third and eight, third and nine, third and 10 situation. And I, I think it was like a clip 0 and 7 when it's third and seven or later for the Bucks offense oh. versus the Buffalo Bills. It's not working. So you want to keep those third down situations. Third and fours. Third and fours are the ones you can convert. Those are the percentage wise. Third and four or less are the ones you're going to be able to convert 50% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're owing for seven for that, and because your running game is not doing it, so you got to change it up. You got to do something different. Maybe it's a screen pass, maybe it's a little check down there. It gets you about four or five yards. It's different when it's second and nine or second and ten, something along those lines, and, and you got second and four, second and five. You open up the playbook a little more. You can go yep. play action. I mean, it's it's simplistic football, but it's really what's playing this team right now. It really is. This will be a very interesting week for Dave Canales. I want to. I think you're going to learn a lot about Dave Canales this week in Houston, and we'll get to the Houston preview here in a little bit. Offensive line wise, did you like what you saw out of Stinney replacing Matt Filer? Do you think that will be a permanent change, or do you think Filer's back in there if he's healthy? No, Filer should not be out there because he can't move the line. I mean, maybe he's good in the passing game, but his overall pro football focus grades have been very low. Go with Aaron Stenny. He's moving the line. He did it on the first play, moving it for eight yards, freeing that up. I'd rather see that guy, and if the offensive line, especially the interior, because you know you're good with the tackles there, whether Tristan Warps has an injury or not. You know you're good there. Luke Gedeke had a rough night once again. But he's playing good, but he's still playing good. Playing well, but the interior of the line, if they need changes there, Nick Leverett, maybe to replace the rookie at the right guard spot, maybe that's a change. But you got to get the best players out there. And I get it. You want to develop uh, yeah. Cody Bach, but not to the detriment of losing games and not to the detriment of getting yeah. your quarterback injured, which, by the way, he's already injured. He's got a knee injury. So you kind of right. wonder if that's one of the things, one of the factors right now that is really killing his play. He's been inaccurate. There, I mean, there were a couple throws to Evans early in that game that he Evans was open. And he just missed them. Those to me, that's not. You can't blame that on a knee. That's that's Baker Mayfield missing the throw. You, and, and that's been part of his history. Is he's been he's been known to not be a very accurate quarterback at times, and that will lead to the question of at some point sooner rather than later, do you give Kyle Trask an opportunity if the offense continues to struggle? I mean, I think you have to look at every scenario, but does Trask do better or is he as mobile as Mayfield? Can he make those plays? We'll see because if you start to go on this downward trend, which I hope you don't, but if you do, you got to you gotta change it up again. And does it come at the quarterback situation? I mean, Tom Bowles was asked about in his presser. He's saying that Baker's doing everything he can to – paraphrasing captain this ship so he's captain of the ship he's going down in the ship <laughs> it's not the titanic ship uh for this offense and hopefully baker can show something you know two three touchdowns this week no turnovers scoring over 20 points a game that would be ideal i just don't know if it's going to happen i don't know if it can happen with this coaching staff i don't i, I just i don't have i don't know if i have the confidence now i i don't know all right, before we get to Paul Stewart and the montage, the trade deadline passed. Were you surprised the Bucks didn't either acquire somebody or potentially trade somebody away to acquire more draft picks? What, what, any, either of those scenarios surprise you one way or the other? 
I'm going to put this out there. Everybody that's saying, uh, you know, let's see what Kyle Trask has because you want to see what you have at the end of it. You want to see if you have a quarterback. I know what you have with Devin White. Why is Devin White still on this team? I mean, he's given no effort at all. His pursuit, he looks like uh, he's not interested in being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And most likely, you called some team, and you look at the tape, and you're like saying, you know, seventh round, sixth round, that's the way he's playing right no, now. No, no, no. You he's can't. Not play, he's not playing well. He's you not can't give him away for a six-round draft pick. Well, that's what I'm saying, though, but the tape shows that. I was talking to Scott Riddles today, a pewter report on the J.P. Okay. show, and he was saying, you know, the tape shows seventh round. Well, I don't know. I can't say that. Well, that's a guy that wants to be paid $20 million. I can't even fathom paying this guy $15 million with the effort that he's given right now. And why am I still sitting here saying on November 1st, the day after Halloween, that first Devin White is a ghost uh, all year long. And second, Levante David is still the best linebacker on his team. He's 33 years old. It is time right. for Devin White to step up. So was I surprised that they didn't entertain it? To a certain degree, but I still think the Bucks feel like they can win this division and they have enough talent. I would have liked them to add to it, especially when there's a Chase Young out there for a third-round pick or, you know, a, a pass rusher like a Montez Sweat who goes to the Chicago Bears for a second round. I'm not giving up a second or third-round pick in next year's draft. because the buck third-round for Chase Young. For a 10-week rental? For a 10-week rental? Oh, you're gonna resign. I would resign the guy. He's 24 years old. I mean, his stats don't fly off the paper because he's been injured, but he's still pretty young. He's got lots of potential. Now okay. Chase Young with Joey Boat. I mean, can you imagine you put Chase Young with Shaq Barrett and Via Vea? I mean, he's a he's an upgrade over JTS, right? You can learn something from yeah. I could, I could teach Yaya Diaby something. Yeah, he stays healthy. I mean that that's been the biggest indictment on Chase Young, and and then also. You know, there was reports coming out that, you know, Washington didn't like uh, – he likes to freelance. like uh, His effort uh, level, yep, and his effort level ain't great. Right. Uh, San Francisco won't stand for that. He won't start. He won't play. What right. Giving up a third-round pick for him for a 24-year-old defensive end that's a second overall pick? Hell yeah, I would have done that. I would have also given up a pick for Ezra Cleveland, who's a guard, who's going to be an upgrade over what you have. So was I surprised by it? To a certain degree, but we kind of knew, right, that you're getting over the Tom Brady thing. You're 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 trying to pay off. You don't have any salary cap space really this year, right? I mean, you're gonna say trade some players in Devin White, maybe for another player. I would have done that, but they didn't do it. So you got what you got, and uh, you better coach it up. That's what that's what it comes down to. In an interesting move, the Bucks signed John Wolford to the active roster and don't let him go to the Rams, who were interested in him after the Matthew Stafford injury. Maybe that tells me Baker's a little more hurt than we think. Maybe that, hey, if another week or so goes by and Baker doesn't play well, maybe Kyle Trask and potentially do the Buccaneers release Baker Mayfield. Because to me – if you bench Baker Mayfield, you have John Wolford who could be your backup. Do you just go ahead and release Baker and give it to Kyle Trask? I don't know. That's I, to I, me, I, that's that's something to think about. If they to put him on the active roster like they didn't prevent him from going to Los Angeles means they appreciate what he could be as a backup. To me, that's that that got a little writing on the wall to me that if the Bucs make a change at quarterback. Baker's not going to be happy. One lit iota holding the clipboard. His days in Tampa could be over if they make the change to bench him. And I told you the worst case scenario would be if you go to Kyle Trask 
basically you're playing for next year. You're okay, and that, and after ten games, if you're three and six or three and seven, yeah, maybe that's the way to go because it's a very rich quarterback class. Okay. And if you don't want to be drafting fifteen, you'd rather either make the playoffs or be drafting the top seven or eight, to be honest with you. I agree, because there's quarterbacks out there that can play, and uh, you got to know what you have in Trask, and you're going to find out if it – but, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to be very – And I want, I want us to be in it too, but I do too. the Bucks are trying to play both sides of the ledger here these next couple of weeks. That's why these next couple of weeks are so important in my view. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know what, if that's coming down to it, if you really want to truly win a division – why not be a little bit more aggressive? But again, I understand the salary cap. The Bucks aren't going to run away. They, if they win this division, it's going to be nine and eight. They're not going to go on a five, six game winning streak. They just don't have that personnel to do that. And there weren't quarterbacks to go get, to yeah. be honest with you, to do that. Well, no quarterbacks, but a defensive end like young, uh, 24 years old. They don't grow on trees. Uh, I got you. Uh, it's a lot of potential, my friend. He's playing great football right now. And I tell Is you right he? Now, Is he? Five stacks. For the commanders team. Okay. Yeah, but they've got Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne next to them. We don't have – I mean, Vita Vey is a good player, but we, we they run a different defense and 4-3 defense. And, and I get what you're saying, potential. Yeah, I put him, I put him in there. I mean, if you're, going, okay. if you're going for potential, I put him in there. And what is he going to do for the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, John Lynch. We don't know. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. Because that, team that team's underachieving too on defense. Right. Right. Exactly. They're underachieving on defense and offensively. They have lots of injuries right now. They're trying to yep. get over and Brock Purdy is, is not Tom Brady, by the way. I mean, there's not a lot of Tom Brady growing on trees. Right. Brock Purdy is not perfect. He's having his bumps in the road. We'll see uh, if their coaching can make the necessary adjustments to put him in the right position to win. All right, let's get to Paul Montage or Paul Stewart's Montage, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. Go to BuckPower.com for all your audio, video, statistical, anything Bucks history related. That is the absolute place to go for all that information. Paul does a fantastic job. Buck Power TV on YouTube. You can see the montages as well. And we're going to go to Paul right now. Give us our Bucks Houston, Texas montage. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our preview Bucks Texans. See you in just a few minutes. Now, this is not going to be much of a video retrospective because the Bucks have only played the Texans five times in the past and the only win came back in the first meeting in 2003. Well, at least we do own an 8-2 record against them in the preseason. Here's a pitch back to Thomas Jones and he finds room to run, cuts back and he's heading inside the five and he's heading in. Touchdown, Tampa Bay, an 18-yard touchdown run. 2007 saw a 28-14 loss to the Texans, but it did come at the end of the season when the Bucks were resting many of their players, the division title having been clinched. Luke McCall was starting in place of Jeff Garcia at quarterback. Third down and one, and here's Graham. He'll get the first down and a touchdown for the Bucks. And that's the fifth straight game that Ernest Graham has scored a touchdown for Tampa Bay, a four-yard score. The 2011 game was the first one off the London trip that year was part of the 10-game losing streak. Now, I watched this one from the owner's box as a guest of the Glazer family and was distraught as they were what happened on the field below, 37-9 Texans. Preston Parker had the only Bucks touchdown long after the result had been decided. Remember the Bucks kicking legend Kyle Brinzer? No, I've tried to forget about him as well. He only played four games for the Buccaneers, but he did in the game against Houston Texans Connect on a 58-yard field goal. This is a 58-yard attempt. 
He hit from 55 last week in New Orleans. From the left hash, Jacob Shum places it down and brings his kick from 58 yards out and straight through. The last meeting of the teams came in the 2019 season when Jameis Winston was in full pursuit of his 30-30 season. He began the game with a pick six, but did throw this touchdown pass to Justin Watson, although the Bucks would end up losing 23-20. Third and goal from the eight. Jameis runs out to his right, flattens out, he throws it to the end zone. Touchdown, Justin Watson. So not really much of a historical perspective, and in fact, the one win is the least the Bucks have got against any other NFL franchise. They have only two wins against the Titans, Steelers and Ravens. But if they can double the total this weekend, you'll be able to read all about it on BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks. All right, we're back. No quarter given podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter Blake. We are getting ready to preview Bucks in Houston on Sunday afternoon, one o'clock game. Bucks come in three and four. Texans, I believe, are three and four as well. Is that right? I think they're three and four. Are they or are they four and four? No, they're maybe three and five. They either three and four or three and five. I don't know if they've had their bye week yet. Look that up right now as we're speaking, which is we should know this, but the, you yeah. should. I, that's a bad job by me. But the but but Carolina gets out of the winless column by beating the Texans last week in Carolina. Pinheiro kicks a field goal with a gun. The offense for Houston was putrid. C.J. Stroud against a uh, very Five. average. Go ahead. Texans are three and four. Yes. Okay, so we're both three and four. Oh, yes. Uh, they're in, you know they're in a similar deal. They're rebuilding. First year coach D'Amico Ryan's C.J. Stroud at quarterback got a lot of young players playing. Very lackluster. Not a very good performance last week at Carolina. Is C.J. Stroud kind of getting, I won't say getting figured out, but again, he's a rookie quarterback. He played really well first three, four weeks. Defenses are going to adjust to that. He did not play very well last week. They go home. They're hosting the Bucs here. Can the Buccaneer defense stymie with, with the blitz packages, the different looks? Can they stymie a quarterback, contain the run, contain Damian Pierce, and put the ball in C.J. Stroud's hands? What say you? I think you can, and this is where Todd Bowles and that matchup comes to fruition, right? I mean, here's a veteran defensive coordinator, a veteran defensive mind. This, this is what you kind of hope for. Uh, C.J. Stroud done a good job, nine touchdowns, one interception, uh, but it seems like he's hitting a wall now, and you're starting to find those adjustments. And, and also, you're finding how Carolina exposed them last week. That was a bad loss. Nobody thought that Carolina was going to win that game, so – Houston's going to be motivated. They're going to be upset with losing to Carolina, but you found some things there, and hopefully Todd Bowles can take advantage of it. You certainly think you would against a rookie quarterback. This, the, these are the matchups. That you you got to win this one. This is the game you got to win. Game. You got to win this game, and, and to me, you got to be somewhat dominant on defense. You got to get after a rookie quarterback. You can't let a rookie quarterback go out there like Mr. Mayonnaise, man. Right. You do this in a couple of weeks. Uh, your boy, Will Levis, who, uh, by the way, somebody has to explain to me why the hell you put mayonnaise in coffee. I mean, how I can't even I can't even fathom please, that. Okay? Please stop. Please. I'm, 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 I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit all over my, my microphone here. Doing that at all. And uh, four touchdowns last week versus the uh, vaulted Atlanta Falcons. which <laughs> In a couple weeks. So you hope that CJ Stroud doesn't do the same thing. And I think the Bucks and that that defense has to show up. And it starts for me with the pass rush. Vita Bay is going to be back. You hope. He practiced today. You would yep. think he's going to play. We think, we think so, yep. 
that's that's a big that's a big deal. That helps your defensive line out. Shaq needs to come to play. Let's get Kalijah Cansey more involved on the pass rush a little bit. Yes, Yaya Diaby. Like to see him, especially if JTS is not. Uh, not you, are going to if JTS continues to struggle, you're going to see more Diaby. I can promise you that. Well, you need to see more Diaby. You also need to see more Nelson because Nelson, you know, he's not the most athletically gifted, but he's a, he's a great he's around the ball. He's around the ball. He gets better every year. He doesn't do anything specifically great. He's good. Uh, yep. He's got a motor. He's always had a motor out of him. Right. Uh, nothing fantastic, but it gives you effort. That's what, that's the guy you got to play. These are the guys you got to play. You got to stop, you know, attaching yourself to a guy who's a first round pick and say, well, we got to play this guy. Not if he's producing, you know what you have. You may have a situational pass rusher. You may not have a full-time starter. That's okay. At least, you know, but you can't keep on doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's called insanity, my tag team partner of the world. Insanity, my friend, watching this uh, defensive line get after or not get after the passer. And you, have a, and you have a little more of a vulnerable offensive line in Houston, not a great offensive line. You don't have any elite any elite skill players on the outside. Nico Collins is a good player, not great. Schultz is a decent player at tight end. Um, Nathaniel Dell, the young kid the, out of Houston, the rookie for them. Damian Pierce is good, not great, but you got to stop Damian Pierce. You can't let him run for 100 plus yards. You got to make put the ball in CJ Stroud's hands. Use some of these blitzes to confuse him. This could be a Antoine Winfield kind of game, blitzing or or he's a kind of a robber spy guy. You got to make and you got to put the ball in CJ Stroud's hands as a rookie and put the pressure on him and get the lead. Put the stress on the Houston offense to play from behind. Don't be down. Don't be down 14 to 3 at the half. Don't be down 17 to 7 in the third quarter. You got to get the lead here in a hostile. Again, is Houston the hardest place to play? Shouldn't be. You're on the road. Don't, you know, again, I think I think the Buccaneer coaching staff lit into the Buccaneers following that, you know, on Tuesday morning this week when they met as a team. I, I'm pretty confident that that Todd Bowles lit into that team with the free snap penalties and just the stupid mistakes that I know we're young and we got some young guys, but if you're an NFL player, you can't make. Yeah, I agree. And uh, it goes back to what Antoine Winfield Jr. said a couple of weeks ago as we found out, you know, how great do you want to be? That's one of your team leaders. So, again, you hope this team is fired up. You hope that they have some urgency. We continue to say it the last couple of years. You know, which team do you want to be? Do you want to be a great one? Do you want to be mediocre? Do you want to be terrible? Do you want to be looking at the draft? Because you continue to lose, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Well, the players aren't going to look at the draft. The players want to win games, and they, they, they're they playing for their future. But, you know, it's the reality of the organization. Jason Light and such might be looking. You know, you get to week 10, week 11, week 12, you might see more younger players getting, getting minutes. You might see the D Delaney's. You might see the Zion McCollum's getting more, you know, getting more snaps, things like that. You know, you know Trey Palmer. Again, uh, we're not there yet. We're right. still very much in the hunt. So this is a big week, and I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction here. If Thank the Bucks lose the next two, Houston, Tennessee, you're going to see Kyle Trask. You're not going to see a. You're, you're going to see Kyle Trask. Baker Mayfield better win one of these next two games. I tend to agree with you. I completely agree with you. I think if you lose to Houston, there's going to be lots of talk. There's going to be lots of murmurs, and then you go home. I mean, maybe you pull the plug after the Houston. To let Kyle try to start a home game instead of – because the week after they go to San Francisco, maybe you start – Kyle. if if Baker doesn't play well Sunday in Houston, 
Don't be surprised if Kyle Trask is starting against Will Levis. Can they just get up like 21 to nothing and just coast? Can we have a game like right. like the Saints game, 26 to 9? Can you have that type um, of game again? And, 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 and it's going to be done on the defensive side. The Bucs aren't going to run away from anybody on offense, but if the Bucs can get to 21 to 24 points, I think the defense is good enough to, to, to win the game for them. But you got to get to 21 points, and it can't be being behind the whole game. Okay. And let's see Dave Canales up-tempo from the get-go. Let's have the first drive of the game. Let's go no huddle. Let's go here. You've talked about it in the preseason. We've heard Dave Canales talk to the media every week. Well, I like up-tempo. I do this, do that. You can't keep telling us, the fans, it's about execution every week. Do something different. I think it comes down to a situation also. You come out with urgency. Baker needs to – you need to get him some easy early throws, get him confident so he doesn't start out slow, so the offense doesn't start out slow. Maybe some dump downs, maybe some screens. Be creative with it. Have an end around to Chris Goblin. Uh, get Mike Evans involved. You know, I get it. You want to run the ball. Of course you want to, but there's other ways of doing it. You don't necessarily have to run into the teeth of the defense, which is what this team has done, especially you know, in the middle of the interior line. Just And Rashad White has shown he can be a very effective ball catcher on the, on the, on the perimeter. Get him out in space. I want to see a little more Sean Tucker, too. I don't need to see Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm sorry. He's an average. He's a third, number three running back at best. Sean Tucker or Chase Edmonds, I can live with either one of those. But I don't want to see Keyshawn Vaughn on the second drive of the game getting carries up the gut. Sorry. Um, no, I've seen enough of Keyshawn Vaughn. He's uh, he's not good. He's just a, he's just, he, he's, he's, he's a guy. He's not any – he doesn't do anything he's spectacular just, ever. That's it. He's a jag. He's just a guy. At right. This. That's All right, Peter Blake, give me a prediction. Sunday in Houston, 1 o'clock. 23-17 Tampa. Okay. Who, you th- who do you think – give me give me a star player. Give me an MVP of the day. You know what? Mike Evans is returning to his home. home. True. Mike, Evan. Mike Evans is due. Yeah, Good I thought Mike, Mike Evans was going to show up versus the Bills. I think Mike Evans now coming home. Yeah, I like Mike Evans in that game. What do you good say? call there. I forgot about the Houston connection there with no doubt. Great, good call there. I'm going to go with you as well. I'm going to say 24. I'm going to go 24, 14 bucks, a little more comfortable uh, defense with a couple turnovers, a couple of sacks. Um, and again, I think if the Bucs can just get the lead, make put the ball in CJ Stroud's hands, I think good things can happen. 24, 14. Uh, again, uh, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go running game. I think somehow, someway, they're going to pop a run. They're going to run the ball a little better this week, whether it's perimeter running or, you know, schematically reverses, you know, whatever it is, kind of stuff you got to do. I think they're going to run the ball, figure out a way to run the ball a little bit better. 24, 14 bucks, get to four and four. Again, you're right there in the division race still. So there's no reason to panic at this point, but you got to see some improvement out of the Buccaneers going to Houston. Both of us think. Bucks get to four and four. Appreciate you finding us on the No Quarter Given podcast. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button. Uh, retweet it. We're going to tweet it out. YouTube channel, Jason Power Sports Channel. The video interview will be up as well. Tell your all your Buck friends about our podcast. Love to hear from you. Give us a quick listen. Peter Blake, give us a quick, uh, quick, quick, quick uh, where we can find all your good work. JP Peterson show uh, Wednesday and Fridays. I'm involved with them uh, as a producer and of course a co-host in the evolution of sports talk television live on Facebook. And I love St. Pete bucks live. Go like, and follow the sports web on YouTube. That's it. You got it. Powers on sports podcast. No quarter given podcast, Florida football insiders podcast, where you can find all my good stuff. 
Appreciate you finding us, Buck fans. We will see you next week. Hopefully, four and four break the losing streak, and Paul Stewart will be in the United States of America this time next week. Have a great week, Buck fans. Let's go. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag Buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical Buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com podcast network.